You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Play Fantasy Spaceball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined again <laughs> by nobody. Uh, of course, we miss our guy, a little cheesecake, and Doc is a big old working man. He uh, took his lunch break to record the episode of the pod that you guys are about to hear, but he had to put three more hours in at his work, so he had to get back to work. Obviously, me being uh, a teacher, luckily, I have a little bit more time in the summers to be able to do this type of stuff in the middle of the day, uh, and very gracious to have our guests on joining us in the middle of the day, and I'll get to that in a second. But hope you guys are having a great day whenever you're hearing this. Love all you guys, every single one of you that listens to this podcast. So I just want you to know that I'm sending uh, I'm sending my heart over to you. Really appreciate you guys. But today, on this episode of the podcast, we have analyzing trade candidates. The MLB trade deadline is officially just over a week away on July 30th. We are recording today on July 21st on Wednesday. So obviously, you will hear this in a few days and it will be a little closer. So that's a good, that's exciting. Uh, with some big names expected to be on the move, it's our job today to tell you where we think these players could go potentially, where we think uh, as far as in terms of the dynasty assets that could go back for these players, where we could talk about those guys, and our outlook on these trade candidates rest of season. Of course, for all this trade talk, little dynasty, this could be a nice episode for you. We have to have one of the best in the game here today doing it. And can't get much better than the man, the myth, the legend that is Al Melchior. He's going to be joining us, and it's a great show, so make sure you stay tuned for that. After, we'll go to our bullpen for our question of the week. Which MLE player do you think drinks protein shakes in the dugout? And our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. I'm here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! Best part about recording in the afternoon is my fiance is at home right now, so I can scream it and not feel bad. So that's sorry for your guys' ears for uh, for what it's worth. But let's talk about some news and notes. Spencer Turnbull is expected to undergo Tommy John surgery, and he's expected to be out obviously the rest of this year, and will probably be out if most, if not all, of the 2022 season as well. Prior to him getting put on the IL, he had pitched to a 2.88 ERA. Below average 21.9% strikeout rate, but had a 6% walk rate, a great ground ball rate at just over 57%. Uh, 
Uh, the Tigers will definitely miss having that steady presence in their rotation. Starling Marte, as you'll hear in this episode, is a name on the move. And uh, looks like the Giants are a key team to watch as uh, Starling Marte and the Giants could not agree to extension talks. He turned down a $30 million extension. The Giants have been floated out there right now, so keep an eye on that. Potentially something could go down. Uh, we also have the Royals placing Danny Duffy on the IL. Right-hander Brady Singer was also placed on the IL, so the Royals are down a couple arms in the rotation. Expect you could maybe look at Jackson Coar potentially coming up. I don't know right now. Uh, both of the uh, a lot of the Kansas City pitching prospects have not looked too great in AAA. You've seen uh, flashes and spurts, but I don't know if the Royals want to call them back up as far as they have not been dominating AAA pitching. The Mets are placing Jacob Degrom on the injured list. He's continued to deal with forearm tightness and won't throw until that subsides. It's kind of an unexpected development considering um, that was not unexpected considering the fact that he's been hurt a lot this year, but usually it's been kind of just, Hey, I'm, I'm out. I'm missing a start or two and then I'm coming back. This is kind of looks like it's going to be a little bit more of an extended absence right now. The Mets have their lead dwindling in the national league East right now. So this is obviously a very alarming thing for any Mets fan and for baseball in general is the Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher in the uh, whole major league. So keep an eye on that. Obviously, if you have him on your season long rosters, you're not moving him. You're not doing anything with him unless somebody offers you a King's ransom. So uh, just hold on to him for now and see what happens. Shortstop Francisco Lindor was placed on the 10 day IL with right, uh, right oblique strain. He exited a game with sores in his side. It's actually right now they're saying it's expected to be a modest uh, strain, which he's expected to mainly miss most of the rest of the regular season. The Mets hopefully trying to see if they can get him back for the stretch run or potentially the playoffs. So if you have him in a season-long league right now, uh, if you have a lot of injuries, I could not blame you if you dropped him. I've actually in a couple of leagues that I'm in in season-long, he has been dropped just because of the amount of injuries and that you need those spots for other guys. He doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. Again, this was his first season with a under a 10-year, $341 million extension from the New York Mets. He had been only hitting 228, 326, 376 slash, and 364 plate appearances, but uh, has been playing better in the second half. So uh, best wishes for Francisco Lindor. Hopefully he's back at the end of the season. The Angels promoted top outfield prospect Brandon Marsh, but if you didn't know better, looks like Jason Wirth is making a comeback with that facial hair and that long hair. It's something to, to see. He's one of the Angels' top uh, prospects. He's one of the top 50 farmhands in all of baseball. And uh, the Angels needed the extra outfield help. He'd been hitting 255, 364, 468 slash with three homers over his last 110 plate appearances at Salt Lake in their minor league system in AAA. Uh, but right now, Joe Adele not being ready. That's the next guy they were ready to call up and help out in the outfield. So uh, keep an eye on Brandon Marsh. And potentially he could stick if he uh, actually starts hitting So for them. So keep an eye for Brandon Marsh. Tim LaCastro of the Yankees tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of this year. Could be out for an extended time next year. He was a pickup for them from the Arizona Diamondbacks for speed. Uh, and the Yankees are hurting in the outfield right now. So he was getting uh, everyday playing time. That is no longer the case. Brought up Starling Marte, obviously rejecting that $30 million extension. He's probably the most likely to get traded. I just wanted to bring him up again just for the fact of if you have him on your fantasy roster, he's most likely going to go to a better lineup. So you can keep an eye. Maybe he goes to a, a New York Yankees who need outfield help. 
the the Braves would have been a great spot, but they just got Jock Peterson. If you have him, uh, I would make sure you hold on to him. If you can trade for Starling Marte, I would try to trade for him in any season-long type of format. Dynasty, obviously, Starling Marte's dynasty value is not nearly the same, but he, almost anywhere is better than the Marlins lineup. So uh, he should even have better production once he gets out of the Miami Marlins organization there. But I've been talking a lot. If you enjoy the news, you enjoy the excitement we bring to the show, you enjoy the guests, you enjoy the games, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football and basketball show you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the content that we do, please hook us up with a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. Of course, if you want to see more of us, you can also check us out on all our social media at Trip Play Fantasy. Of course, we have our website, TripPlayFantasy.com. A lot of great articles and stuff go out there. We have uh, our About Me pages if you want to learn more about us and our writers and our people with Triple Play Fantasy. If you go to our Twitter, you'll see Doc tweet about things you don't care about, but they get interactions somehow and sometimes very bad takes he has. And of course, the YouTube channel that we have where we're putting out videos every single day either baseball, basketball, or football. Of course, there's Devi for football. We got some minor league stuff for baseball. There's so much great stuff at the Trip Play YouTube channel. Please check that out and subscribe if you have not. But remember, if you are looking for a good fantasy podcast and are tired of bringing up meaningless stat cast debates in your therapy sessions, look no further than this podcast right here because I'm telling you, it just might change your life. And we're going to jump into analyzing trade candidates with Al Melchior right after this quick Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Triple play fantasy baseball show coming at you live on a Wednesday afternoon. Here it's bright, it's beautiful, it's sunny, it's hot. It's a uh, it's a quite a nice summer day here. Of course, joined by co-host to my left. I get it, I got it right two weeks in a row. The doc. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, we go this way. We go this way, right? Yeah. It's always it's always the opposite, but it takes me a second to figure it out. Uh, how you doing, buddy? You know, doing pretty good, man. Uh, you and I are going to work together later. So we're potting now and we're going to be working for <laughs> corporate America later. Yeah, having fun now, working later. It's, it's, it's what the American dream is all about. But speaking of the American dream, we got to talk about the American dream that's below us right down here. If I could point. There we go. There we go. This man, we welcome in a man that just like Wolverine will cut you down with his Wolverine-like claws when it comes to fantasy baseball debates. Host of Fantasy and 15 on The Athletic. This man is a writer, a producer, a creator, as he recently created a podcast called You, Me, and an Album. Your favorite former political science professor that offers both quantitative and qualitative data analysis. It is Mr. Al Melchior. How's it going, my friend? Uh, it's going great after that introduction. That's like, <laughs> that's a, that's like a, a record-breaking introduction. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for that, that wonderful introduction and uh, just happy to be here. Hey, we're happy to have you. We talked a little bit before the show. You were one of the first guests we've ever had on this show. And it was back in the days that we recorded with the Anchor app. And I believe you were in the middle of like telling like why you were a Miami Marlins fan. 
and it cuts you off and we had to like get you back on you had to tell the story a second time and i was like oh my god he must hate us so i was like you're a great dude uh, I, I knew that just from that first time we talked and i've listened to you since and i'm so pumped to have you back on the show when we may not be uh we may not like be in royalty right now but at least i feel like we've upgraded our castle a little bit here and uh <laughs> really pumped to have you with us today man well, it's good to be here. I've had uh, plenty of uh, audio and technical issues of my own, so uh, I, I can relate. And uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, I'm just noticing uh, the the Marlins and the uh, the uh, video here, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. the Wolverine reference before. I don't know if that's a reference uh, to to University of Michigan, but uh, I mean, you just you, you got it all working here. <laughs> well, also because you, I think you said that you uh, you were a big fan of Wolverine too, or something. I I remember that when would I, not have been me. <laughs> Oh no! Maybe, okay, <laughs> then we'll say it was the Michigan Wolverines. Then that, that was the reference we'll go with. Uh, but I have to ask you before we dive into some fancy baseball stuff here. You started the "You Me and an Album" podcast. I know Michael Govier has been on it, and a uh, good friend Michael Govier. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because when I I read a little bit more what you're doing, I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. And yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about it. It's uh, uh, something I started, uh, well, actually just before the new year. So last December, but really, you know, kind of an outgrowth of the pandemic and uh, having lost uh, some of my work at that time and taking some of that time and really getting uh, more into music again um, and not just, you know, playing more guitar and taking up drums, but uh, I had been tossing around the idea of maybe doing a music podcast, and then I got into a discussion with a musician that I follow on on Twitter, and and sort of joked with her about, oh, well, you know, you should do this type of podcast, and she's like, well, I, you know, I don't really have time to do that, and I thought, well, then I'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I just really sort of on a lark, you know, I mean, the idea had been percolating, but then you know, with that exchange, I'm like, no, I'm really actually going to do this. I'm going to do a podcast where I talk about albums that I probably should know. And I don't know, I'm going to have people introduce me to them and walk me through them and kind of educate me on stuff that I've, I've missed out on. And yeah, Michael was, was an awesome guest. He was on just a couple episodes ago and, um, I am now actually in the works, uh, working on the latest one, episode 33, uh, with Daniel Salinger. Ooh. And yeah, <laughs> so really looking forward to putting that one out in the world and uh, just had so many great guests and having a great time with it. Yeah, Daniel's awesome. I definitely <laughs> have to start checking that out. What's your favorite album of all time if you had to pick one? Oh, gosh. Uh, favorite album of all time. I mean, that's really kind of a moving target for me. I mean, the thing that popped into my head first was Duke by Genesis because it's just it's been an album that I've loved since I was 15, it's kind of a constant for me that while there's other things that I, I, uh, you know, put on heavy rotation and listen to over and over and they're a favorite and that might fade, but that, that one Duke is, is pretty much always there. So I suppose that that would be my pick. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm, I need to get more into music just in general. Like I like certain songs I'll like put like while I work out when I'm in the car, but I'm not like very musically uh, like my background with music isn't very good. Like I don't, I can't name like who's saying it's a that. flaw. It's what? It's a flaw. Yeah, it is. But uh, that's why I need to start listening to your podcast because it's going to help me get more into music and understand all these great albums that are out there. So well, well, I, I don't think it's a flaw. Uh, so sorry to contradict Eric, but uh, <laughs> but whatever it takes to bring you to the podcast, uh, I'll you know I, I welcome you and anybody else out there who wants to give it a try because it's just yeah you, you learn about uh, albums that you you don't know about or you maybe just get to hear people talk about an album that you do know about 
And uh, I learned some, I learned a lot of lot. I learn a lot of stuff every week and, and have a great time. It's fantastic. I, I'm just from what I've heard. And, and I, first thing I'm doing after this podcast, I'm going on a run and I'm listening to that podcast. So uh, can't wait to check that out. But Al, we have you on for a very important reason yeah. today. It's a, it's a must right now. It's the trade deadline coming up in Major League Baseball on July 30th. So we are analyzing trade candidates, all the big names expected to be on the move. Of course, it's our job to break down all these players, where they could potentially be traded. We're talking about, if you're looking in terms of dynasty assets, outlooks on all these trade candidates rest of season, maybe even you have some trade scenarios. Uh, it's going to be a, kind of a fun episode, but also just a mix of where you value these guys that are going to be traded. So let's start off. And the way we organize this uh, and I sent to you guys is pretty much by teams, right? Because a lot of the teams that are out of contention... Those are the players that are on the, the chopping block. They're getting rid of their valued assets to get younger guys in their farm systems for the future. So let's start off with the Cubs. They got Craig Kimbrell, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. Craig Kimbrell has bounced back to looking elite this season after he was stuck in purgatory until June in 2019. 2020 season, he was delayed, obviously, with the pandemic. So this is kind of his first full season back, and he's looked great. Uh, you have Chris Bryant who had a incredible beginning of the season, uh, but he's really tailed off after the first half and has been injured and doesn't look like the guy that they were hoping they could ship off uh, as far as his value was concerned. And then Javi Baez, of course, who's a phenomenal defender, brilliant base runner, and he's had a very interesting year as well. His average has slipped. Uh, his strikeout rate has continued to go up. It's now above 36%. Of course, his walk percentage has obviously also never been great. So I got to ask you, Al, I'm going to go to you first. Which one of these guys do you want to talk about with the Cubs trade candidates? Uh, I think Bryant, and he's certainly the one that I see get written about the most, discussed the most. Uh, I think I personally think he's the most interesting of the group. And, you know, while you you make, I think, a, a very good point about how his value maybe isn't now what it would have been a couple of months ago. That I think there's just so many teams right now desperate for a bat that um, you know they'll they'll have to really uh, compete to uh, to get them. So uh, you know, and I see a lot of teams uh, where I, I could see him going. I mean, the Braves have an obvious need, but I don't know if they'll you know a week from now how seriously they're going to be pursuing uh, players like Chris Bryant. So I I kind of see him going to the Yankees. Ooh, really? You think? Um, do you do you uh, think that the Yankees would give up like a uh, Dominguez for him? Like, is that you think what it would take? I don't think so. I have to wonder if maybe there'd be a fit there with Davy Garcia. Mm, I can see that. I yeah, because the Cubs certainly need the pitching. I think they'd be happy to get him. And, you know, Yankees just might be frustrated uh, with him and the season that he's had and ready to, to move on. And Bryant would certainly be, I think, uh, uh, you know, the type of player that would warrant that that kind of trade. And Chris Bryan is a rental. He is a free yeah. agent after this year. So that's also important to note, too, because the Cubs basically is not like they have them under team control for a long time. Get whatever assets you can. Uh, Doc, what about you, man? Which which are the other two guys you want to talk about? So I'm going to talk about Craig Kimbrell, and you talked about him having a bounce back here. I think he's going to get traded to the Mets. The Mets are currently leading the NL East. Uh, I think, you know, obviously it's it's terrible losing Ronald Acuna for the year for anyone that's a fan of baseball, but... I feel like if you're the Mets, you have a little bit more confidence now that you can keep the separation between you and the Braves uh, and the Nationals. The Phillies are a couple games behind, but 
I think as we've seen, Edwin Diaz has not been a reliable closer. Uh, Seth Lugo has not been as reliable as he has been in years past as a setup guy or as a multi-inning relief guy. So Craig Kimbrell has, he's making 16 years or 16 mil a year this year and 16 mil a year next year. I think the Cubs basically get rid of him for a couple prospects. I look at what they got for you uh, Darvish when it was headlined by Zach Davies and four prospects. I think the Cubs are in full sell mode and if they can have somebody take the contract off their books, I think they'll do that. That's why he's on the cover. He's one of the cover boys for this week. Uh, yeah, he seems like definitely one of the biggest assets. And especially you don't know if this is going to last with Craig Kimbrell. Obviously, he's been in the league a long time. And uh, someone like Boston, I feel like, could really use him. I know they have Matt Barnes there, but if they have aspirations for uh, the playoffs, just to have him in the back end of that bullpen as well as another arm they can use, I think would be a great guy. Bring him back to Boston, have him there too. Uh, let's go to another team. Let's talk about the Texas Rangers, who uh, it's very interesting with this group. You got Kyle Gibson, Joey Gallo, and Ian Kennedy. Now you look at Kyle Gibson first, and <laughs> good. I'm sure they wish they traded him two weeks ago because <laughs> had back-to-back awful starts, headlined by that eight. I think it was eight earned runs against the Tigers or something abysmal. But it was like in five that. innings. But it was in five innings. Yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's uh. It's been pretty bad, um, but he had a 16-start stretch earlier before that where he had a 1.86 ERA, and he had more strikeouts than hits allowed, 87 to 74 in 101 innings. He added uh, a cutter this year, which while the cutter hasn't necessarily been super effective, is I think helped his other pitches uh, have more effectiveness, just throwing that other glove side ball to hitters to kind of uh, not allow them to be able to pick up on some of his other pitches as well. So I'm curious, Kyle Gibson, of course, we just talked about, you have Joey Gallo uh, just hits bombs everywhere. Of course, Gallo has one more uh, important to note. He has one more season of team control remaining. People keep bringing up the Yankees and that short porch in right field. It's a match made in heaven. And then you have Ian Kennedy, a sub three ERA. I don't think anybody was counting him to be fantasy relevant this year, but he's been one of the best closers in baseball. Uh, he's actually one of six pitchers this year to use his heat more than 80% of the time. So he's kind of changed his approach as far as how he's attacking hitters. So out of these three guys, Al, I'll go back to you. Which of the three do you want to talk about for being traded? Uh, how about Kyle Gibson? And uh, yeah, the timing isn't great, <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully he puts up one more good start maybe before uh, he heads out of Texas. And I think that there's a number of teams that still would be happy to have him and and would have the luxury of plugging him in deeper into the rotation. And uh, I noted three here in particular, I think you could use him that way. And that is the Rays, the Padres and the Dodgers. And I kind of like the fit with, with the Rays because they've got some prospect depth to deal from. They could, um, you know, give uh, the the Rangers uh, Joe Ryan, I think, and I know that that might be too high of a pay for for Kyle Gibson, but I could see something along those lines, or uh, you know, they could have a, a reuniting of the Lows uh, and have Josh Lowe join uh, Nate Lowe uh, <laughs> over there in, in Texas. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like that that fit between the uh, the Rangers and the Rays. I could see it. The and the Rays, if you know if the Rays trade for him, they definitely obviously see something in him because the Rays very much target their their pitchers very specifically. Uh, Doc, what about you? Who do you think of this group do you want to talk about for when they get traded? So I think Joey Gallo is a very interesting trade target. Uh, first off, because of his contract, he has a one-year $6 million deal. And after this, he's an unrestricted free agent. So 
a team is going to essentially have him for a rental unless they see him long term. And he's actually having a pretty good year after starting out slow. I think he goes to the Red Sox for Franchi Cordero. We talked about the uh, short right field. In you, you, think it's enough? you think that's enough for him? Yeah, because the Rangers would lose him for nothing in the offseason. Okay. I think it's a, it's a I think it's a younger piece that they can get. Uh, we talk about the short right field in uh, Fenway. Right field is 302. Right center is 380, so a little bit longer. And I think if Joey Gallo does go to Boston, I'm predicting a monster second half. Right now he's hitting 233 with 24 homers and 52 RBIs. I see by the end of the season that average being up to 250 with 40 homers and 106 RBIs. So I think if you can get him now, and buy low, now is the time to. All right, that is, would be a fart-like trade. I took up my soundboard while you were talking. And you know what, though? But once again, if Texas doesn't trade him, they're going to get him for nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's... I think it's Yankees or bust. I think you have the everybody in the media clamoring for it. I think it's going to be putting pressure on the Yankees who need to get back into the, uh, this race. I, I think, I think it's Yankees or bust, personally. I don't know if, Al, if you feel any differently about it, but... Uh, I, I don't know about that, but it certainly would be an awesome fit. Let yeah. see that. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates, who I feel like have been in this <laughs> been in this state for a long time. If I was a Pirates fan, I would be very upset. You have Richard Rodriguez, Tyler Anderson, and Adam Frazier. Now, Richard Rodriguez has been one of the game's most consistent pitchers in at least one aspect. He's been a big leaguer since 2018, and in that time, he hasn't thrown fewer than 70% fastballs in a season. He's walked back his slider usage from last year, and uh, it's fueled a career-best strikeout rate so far. He's a very effective reliever. He throws a lot of strikes, could be a very big asset as maybe an eighth-inning guy for a contender. You got Tyler Anderson, who ERA actually doesn't tell the, the full story. While it may be kind of a, 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 a mid-fours ERA, it's skewed because of one disastrous nine-run outing against the Braves in late May. So if you take that out, it's not nearly that bad. And then, of course, we have Adam Frazier, who actually got the start in the All-Star game. And he's been just very interesting. It's hitting up well above three, uh, 300. Of course, he's got a uh, 137 OPS plus, four home runs, five steals. And um, as far as exit velocity, does not hit the ball hard. So uh, you can't count on him for that. But he's he's been very much a, an attractive piece for them. Good, versatile defender. Obviously gets team contact or gets a lot of uh, high contact. And he has another year of team control remaining. So, Al, out of these three Pittsburgh Pirates, which one do you want to talk about? Well, I want to jump in on the closer discussion here since I didn't pick uh, Kimbrell or Kennedy. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Rodriguez, uh, yeah, like you said, he's had a really good year, very consistent. And a lot of teams, obviously, that could use relief help. And it isn't necessarily a, a, a closer that they need. And that obviously is going to affect Rodriguez and fantasy hugely, whether he winds up with the team, say, like uh, the Phillies or the Reds, who ostensibly could use him as a closer uh, or, you know, go someplace like the Dodgers, where he just becomes a part of a bullpen depth. Uh, but it, I mean, I could see him go any number of places, but I kind of see him going to the Phillies. It just it's just a gut thing that this just seems mm-hmm. like the sort of move that the Phillies would make where, you know, they're kind of on the fringes of contention and, and it'd be this move to kind of signal, hey, like, hey, we're doing something. And yet it's not like a huge impact move. So 
I have a hard time too seeing what the Phillies would have to send the other way. So I think it, instead of somebody who's, I mean, with Richard Rodriguez, it's not going to be a big name prospect. So maybe it'd just be some lower level prospect, maybe somebody I'm not even that familiar with. But I could also see the Pirates doing something like bringing in somebody like Adam Hazley to see if he could fill that center field need, uh, at least on a short term basis. So yeah, not a real exciting trade, but I could see it happening. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely could see that. The Phillies bullpen always needs help. Uh, the Hector Nares experiment, uh, you know, Archie Bradley always falters in that role. I think that's a good fit there. Doc, what about you, man? What do you think of the other two guys? Which one do you want to speak of? Don't don't leave Jose Alvarado out of that conversation. Oh, yeah, him too. I, I'm going to speak about Adam Frazier. You talk about how the media has clamored for something. I feel like I've heard so many reports of him inevitably going to the Dodgers, which I think would be a good fit. The Dodgers like to have a lot of multi-position eligible players. Think of the Chris Taylors. You think of the Max Muncies. Um, I could see him platooning. Uh, Mookie seems to be banged up more often this year than he has in years past. So I think maybe they rest Mookie a little bit more. And on the days that he doesn't play, have Frazier in the leadoff role. It's interesting because you mentioned he's hitting close to 330 this year, but he hit 220 last year. So his average figure for his career is somewhere in the middle, and I think it's in the 280-ish range. I think Pittsburgh will get whatever they can. He's making one year $4.3 million. Once again, we had talked on previous podcasts how he's a jag, just a guy. Uh, I don't think the I, – I think what we've seen a lot since the pandemic is teams are either in contention or they're not. And the ones that aren't, are willing to get rid of pieces for a discount so that they don't have to pay them or that they can get a prospect that has some potential as opposed to keeping someone that's major league ready, but they're not a contender at all. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, again, the pirates have a couple nice pieces there, uh, but these three look like they could definitely be on the way out. Um, but if I have, yeah, I'm a pirates fan, there's not a lot to be optimistic about, uh, especially with the coaching staff. Uh, we talked with a couple of former players that play with that organization and they just not positive remarks coming from that organization. So it's a very sticky situation they got there. Let's talk about the Miami Marlins. Talk about Al, your Miami Marlins. Yes. They got Starling Marte, Jesus Aguilar, and, and Garrett Cooper was on this list. He's now on the IL. So assume he probably will not get traded. The Miami Marlins offered Starling Marte $30 million extension and he rejected it. So this, if there's a tra- a player on this list, that's probably going to get traded. It's probably at, at number one, it's going to be Starling Marte. Great five category player. Another great season plays a great center field. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's who you were going to go to before I even read the other two guys. Is that you want to talk about Starling Marte? Well, actually, no, I, I'd like to talk about Aguilar um, oh, and I'll, I'll be honest. It's because it's like, it's seems very obvious to me what the Marlins could do here. Uh, and yeah, it's a bummer about Marte and about the Marlins because it's, I mean, they've had a good run differential all season long. It seems get like in a, a weak division that it was kind of there for the taking for them to, to make the playoffs again this year. And it just hasn't worked out. Um, so yeah, Marte, I'm sure will be on his way uh, out shortly. But Aguilar, this is really interesting because if you look around the major and, and you see, okay, what contenders really could use a first baseman? Far and away, the Brewers seem like the place to go. You can maybe say the Yankees, but again, I kind of like Bryant as a fit there where if Luke Voigt does get healthy, then Bryant can spell regulars at you know lots of different positions and, and be a regular himself. But this is just an ideal fit. Uh, it's a clear upgrade 
uh, over Rowdy Telez or Keston Hira or whoever the Brewers might run out at first base. I mean, they're they're legit contenders. They need a legit first baseman. Aguilar is the one who can can really um, fit, fit that bill. And then going back to where where it all began for him in terms of a, a breakout mm-hmm. uh, with the Brewers, a great park for him. And then you know going the other way, I don't think the Brewers have to give up very much much and just you know scanning through their system. Maybe somebody like uh, Reese Olsen, who's a, a starter in high A. Marlins, you know, seem to like to stockpile uh, pitching prospects. And I think that'd be actually a pretty nice return for them. So I think a deal could get done there. That's perfect. A homecoming for Aguilar. You get a nice arm added to that system. I definitely could see that. Um, and Aguilar has done, again, he's kind of shown over the last year and a half or so that he's maybe he's not like a, an all star type player, but he's a solid player. He's not. Uh, somebody that you were, he looked fluky like he, people thought he was with that one year with the Brewers. So uh, I like that pick there. Doc, what about you? Well, I'm going to take Starling Marte, and I think he's going to get traded to the White Sox. I think once they offered him the two-year, $30 million extension and he turned it down, that signaled his time being over. He wanted a four-year deal from what I read. So I think the trade to the White Sox makes sense because they DFA'd Adam Eaton. Luis Robert is hurt. I know Eloy Jimenez is on a rehab assignment, but I don't believe the timelines until a player actually comes back. Like when we had the FTN network crew on and they said, oh, Mike Trout's going to be back by the All-Star break. Well, he's not back yet. Setbacks happen. Um, so I think a deal is centered around your mean Mercedes and a couple prospects. I think the Dominican presence is something that the, that the Marlins will bring, hopefully to you know capture the fan base a little bit. He was the talk of the MLB for the first month. Uh, and that way they don't have to pay him, which it seems like that's what they didn't want to do. Well, I think Luis, Luis Robert, I know you said, obviously, that, of course, it's all speculation. But Luis Robert is expected to be back before the end of the season, too. Like he's if I'm not mistaken, I think he's beginning on a rehab assignment soon. So I'm just wondering if they would have all three of those guys in the outfield there. Uh, I know Gavin Sheets uh, mixes in all over the place. Uh I'm just wondering if they have the, I mean. Well, so, I mean, Tony LaRusa plays, loves playing the veterans as shown by his benching of Andrew Vaughn and having Billy Hamilton as a pinch runner yesterday. Uh, so I, I think that's something where he'd rather give it to the older guy rather than some of the younger guys, maybe when Robert and Eloy come back because they're still under friendly contracts that they don't rush them back and have them play everyday roles. That's just the first team that kind of jumped out to me, especially because this year is a rental. Yeah, and I think Atlanta would have been a great place, but them bringing Jock in makes you think that they're mm-hmm. probably that's going to be the move that they're going to make. Al, did you have a gut feeling where you think Starley Marte is going to go? That that's I really don't. Which, just to be honest with you, is probably one reason why I didn't want to tackle that one. <laughs> it's really hard to pin that one down. I, you know, I I think you both raised good points because the with uh, Robert or with Robert and uh, Jimenez, you know, both probably being back at some point before September or at least during September, that's, that's a crowded outfield, but you're right. Larissa, if, if any manager would, you know, sit in Andrew Vaughn or Kevin sheets to make for <laughs> yeah, it would be totally Tony Larissa. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the giants, I could maybe mm-hmm. see that. Uh, I think that one actually seems like a little bit of a better fit than the white Sox, but yeah, because Larissa's, uh, running the show on the field there, that's not totally implausible. Yeah, I mean, I think because again, he seems like he's a slam dunk to be traded. He's going to go to some team and it's going to be a huge impact in their lineup. Let's talk about the Colorado, Colorado Rockies next. John Gray, Herman Marquez, Trevor Story. 
John Gray has been, I think, a, a pest to most fantasy players. Obviously, very inconsistent, uh, but he's kind of—he's been—he is what he is at this point, and he is—he could be an upgrade for a team's rotation. Uh, he has a, he's got a very top-heavy arsenal. Doesn't really have a third pitch. His uh, changeup and his fastball is pretty much. Uh, I'm sorry, fastball and his sliders are pretty much what he goes to, trying to work on a changeup a little bit. Herman Marquez is the interesting one, I think, in this group because if you look, I know he just pitched yesterday, but if you don't count that start yesterday, he's only had uh, given up 19 runs and 12 starts since May 4th. Eight of those 19 runs came in one start, which was a 237 ERA over the time. If you take that eight earned run outing out of that equation, he has a 137 ERA over that time. So Look that he was in his stride. I know he kind of gave up a few yesterday. I think it was like four and runs, but again, very much so. Looks like get him out of cores too. Uh, could be a great arm to add to the top of your rotation. And then you got Trevor Story, who's been an obvious trade candidate. Doesn't seem like he wants to go back to Colorado. There's been a lot of drama with that and how that's been unfolding. Uh, of course, he may not necessarily have to be having the year that you would hope that he would have, but he still got 17 steals. He's still. Uh, a good fantasy player to have. And he's obviously a good impact bat for a real major league team. I'm curious. I'm going to, I'm going to go to you, but before I ask you, which guy, is there any scenario that you see that they package Herman Marquez and Trevor story for a mega return? Or do you think that they would trade them separately? I don't, I just don't see a team biting on that. Um, I don't see a team. I'm trying to think which team would, that would just throw that hail Mary. And I'm, maybe the Padres. And then I'm not sure that they've got the the players to give up, but this is the Rockies. Yeah. And maybe, <laughs> maybe they would take a, a discount. But Jeff British isn't the GM anymore. You know, he's a Harvard guy that knows better than everyone else. Yeah. Maybe I'm being unfair here, but uh, <laughs> just doesn't seem like there's going to be any team that's going to go for that. Uh, so then which guy specifically did you want to target as far as who you want to analyze in a trade? I see a really nice fit for Trevor Story here. And obviously there are many teams that could use Trevor Story. And there have been many teams involved in the the reporting of uh, you know rumors or, or you know discussions that are going on about uh, where, where Story could go. But uh, wouldn't he just be a perfect fit for Cincinnati? And wouldn't that just be nice for oh him to God. transition wow. from Coors Field to Great American Ballpark? They don't have uh, to play you any or as it short anymore. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they haven't been doing that in a while, but yeah, yeah. that would definitely oh, no. take that out of the picture would solve a huge problem for the Reds would, you know, plug their clearly their biggest hole that they have to plug. Um, and again, because we're dealing with the Rockies here, maybe being a little unfair, but you know, they, they wouldn't necessarily have to give up any other top, top prospects. Maybe they could put together a package like Tony Santion, Alejo Lopez and TJ Friedel, who's just, you know, seems like the Rockies kind of guy who's very toolsy and could, you know, rust away on, on the bench, uh, for them. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see a, a deal like that. No, I think that would be really cool. I mean, gosh, him in, in great American small park, that would be super dope. I, I mean, gosh, the Reds, Lineup's already so stacked. Uh, him, Suarez. I mean, Suarez has had a down year, but uh, obviously with Castellanos and Winker there too. Like that's, whew, whew, I'm I'm sweating thinking about it. Um, Doc, what about you? Which of the other two guys did you want to talk about? So I want to take Herman Marquez because I think everybody knows him as the Jekyll and Hyde pitcher, and you get him out of cores, and maybe he isn't that anymore. I think the Astros could really have a need for him. 
They've had one pitcher that's gone over 100 innings this year, and it's Zach Granke, who recently had fatigue before the All-Star break. But Luis Garcia has been really good this year, I think better than anyone thought. Who knows how long he'll be able to keep this up. McCullers has spent some time on the IL because of fatigue with shoulder soreness. Urquidy is on the IL. Christian Javier is now in a bullpen role. Framber Valdez has gotten lit up recently. I think Houston is still in that championship window for the next couple of years. So I see them making a move for Herman Marquez, who actually led the league in innings pitched last season. I think they have to give up one of the three between Urquidy, Javier, and Framber Valdez, kind of giving up a young pitching prospect for a proven commodity. Um, but I, I think they would do that because it gives them the better chance to win now. So, yeah, and it, it's going to bring up the Astros because they obviously have Christian Javier, who's now been in the bullpen. And then you have Luis Garcia, who's been just incredible and showed again yesterday, six innings of shutout ball. But they actually they pulled him after I think it was like 75 pitches uh, and they're trying to conserve him for their playoff run as well uh, with Christian Javier, him. Granky being kind of the the leader of that, and like you said, him having already some problems. They do need some. They need some arms. Jake Odorizzi is kind of very hot and cold. I don't think they would trust him starting a game in the playoffs. So that's interesting. I don't. I actually really like that call. I, I don't know if you, if you how you feel about that, but I I think that could be a good fit. I think it's a great fit. No, I like it too. I like like that call very much. All right. Well, then let's move to our last category of guys here. And this is the miscellaneous category. Just a, a, I'm plucking from a couple teams. we got Nelson Cruz, Eduardo Escobar, and Max Scherzer. Nelson Cruz, of course, is a stud, an ageless wonder. He's going to probably retire like David Ortiz, where he is going to retire after having a good season and just injuries are going to catch up to him. He hasn't played a defensive position since 2018. So most likely he's going to be traded to an American League team if he's traded at all. You got Eduardo Escobar, who's in the final year of his contract. You keep seeing he's linked to the Chicago White Sox, yet nothing's happened so far. He has bounced back from a brutal 2020, so he is a serviceable player. Would be an upgrade to any team's lineup right now. I think the interesting one also would be Max Scherzer, who the Nats don't like to trade. They very much like to stand packed. Obviously, a few years ago when they won the World Series, they were what like uh, it was like 19 and and uh, 31. 31. Yeah, and like and came back and won. So, you know, they very much don't like to sell their assets. He's a few weeks from 37. They have some other other long-term commitments that have aged poorly with Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin already there. I'm just curious if any of these three you guys want to talk about. Obviously, Max Scherzer is is I think probably most likely not to get traded, but uh Al, which one of these guys did you want to bring up? Yeah, no, I think for that reason, uh, yeah, it's I don't even want to think about where Max Scherzer would go and and what it would take to get him. It does seem sort of implausible to me. On the other hand, Nelson Cruz, we know he's almost certainly going somewhere, and uh, I think that that somewhere could be Oakland. He seems like a, a, an Oakland kind of guy. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> could definitely picture him in the uh, the gold and the green. And uh, you know, the one possibility that I think is kind of interesting. I don't really think this is going to happen, but the Twins really could use uh, some pitching reinforcements. The A's have a little bit of depth there. I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen more of Dalton Jeffries this year. I mean, I, I feel like maybe that's more than they would want to, or maybe would have to give up. But I think that would be a really interesting trade. Or they could go with uh, Nick Allen and uh, fill a potential need. You know, maybe a year or so down the line with the twins in their middle infield. So there's, there's some possibilities there. There are some fits and I would love to see Nelson Cruz in Oakland. 
that would be pretty nice. Like you said, the gold and the green, and they do have a lot of pitching, which the Twins need badly, badly. And they also they don't develop pitching very well, which is another concern. But I, I like that call, uh, Doc. What about you? Do you between Max Scherzer and um, and Eduardo Escobar? Which one are you leaning towards talking about here? So I don't think the Nationals trade Scherzer, regardless of how they're doing. He And David, you and I living in the D.C. community, we understand how much he means to us. So I'm going to go with the bonus one here. I think Eduardo Escobar and Madison Bumgarner get packaged in a deal to the Giants. It's a homecoming reunion for Madison Bumgarner. The Giants need hitters. Brandon Crawford just landed on the aisle with an oblique strain. Brandon Belt has been out. Evan Longoria, who is in the middle of a resurgent year, is now out. The Giants are leading the division. The Dodgers, we've seen the injuries kind of to take its toll a little bit. Who knows if Trevor Bauer is going to pitch again this year? I think they're going to have a wild card spot. And if you're the Giants, that's all you need based on your track record. I think they'd actually prefer to be a wild card spot. And I think Eduardo <laughs> Escobar <laughs> shores up uh, a, a bat in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, so you think that the Diamondbacks would eat some of that money because they signed Mad Bum to a pretty big deal, and I'm sure I, they I think I, I think they would eat some of the money, and I think the Giants are the only team that would pay the rest of that because with Mad Bum, he's shown some flashes this year, but I think it's more for that sentimental. Like it, it could be as much of the storyline and the spark that the team needs to feel like, hey, let's make a run because. Like we've seen in baseball, you don't need to be the number one seed or to to have home court or home field advantage to make it far. It's kind of just who's hot at the right time. And I think for the Diamondbacks, I know they play in the same division, but if you can eat, if you can get someone to eat part of that contract, I think you make whatever you make the moves to do that. Well, I will say Mad Bum's supposed to pitch today against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it's July twenty first. So maybe he has one more start after this before the trade deadline, I will say this. I feel like if he doesn't pitch well today, that I don't think he's going to get traded because if you can't dominate the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, in an afternoon game, which I feel like runs are usually... Taiwan Walker didn't do that. And Taiwan Walker is still (laughs) great. That's true. That's true. Uh, Also, of course, you're also scared of the diminished velocity, which is not what it was to start out the year too, which is, I think, also a concern there. Uh, But... Luckily, we don't have to wait too much longer. This episode, of course, right now it's Wednesday. Uh, on Saturday, when this gets put out on the podcast, you know it will be a, less than a week before the trade deadline. So uh, hopefully we'll have some of these questions answered. We'll be able to, uh, if you have these guys like Ian Kennedy, hopefully you can get rid of them now because if they get traded to a contender, they'll probably turn into like eighth inning guys and it's going to hurt your chances for saves in leagues that obviously most leagues do save. So um, that. Just kind of keep an eye on that type of stuff. If you have players that might get diminished playing time or uh, lose the closer role because they're going to a contender. So just keep all that. I stuff just look forward mind. to all of my predictions being right. So there you, <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, with that being said, let's get to the fun part of the show. And let's start that off with the question of the week. All right. Our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and you use our code. So our question this week, Al, which MLB player do you think drinks protein shakes in the dugout? So 
which guy comes to mind? I, I'll tell you, somebody came came to mind. This seems very random. <laughs> <laughs> who, who came to your mind? Yeah. Well, I, I, the, it was Kike Hernandez because he once dressed in a banana suit. <laughs> and it plus, <laughs> it really? really think about it. If you're drinking protein shakes in the dugout, okay, so you're wanting to bulk up. Uh, he is hitting for some power right now, but you're also going to get slowed down. And it's not like he's going to be a threat to steal bases. So I just feel like it's that's the sweet spot there. It's It's got to be Kike, Kike Hernandez. I mean, he's got a name too, like a spicy name, a Kike. I mean, I'm drinking, I can see him being a little different and doing the protein shakes in the dugout too. I, 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 I like that. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Doc, what about you? Who's your pick? I think Nick Castellanos. Talk about a, a buff dude that never smiles. I could just see him pounding protein drinks in the dugout and some maybe him being on his third and somebody being like, yo, sh- should we tell him to calm down? Like it's a lot of protein. And they're just like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just let him be. Did you guys ever see a picture of Roger Bernadina with his, uh, uh, with him? Oh, jacked. jacked. That's, that's going in the way back machine there. Yeah. I mean, he, um, when I first like wrote this question, he was the first one that came to mind. He eyes doesn't play. So I'll give a current one too, but um, I think that was the most like mind blowing I was because he he wore like the long jerseys where you had no idea he was that jacked, and then you'd see him like in an Under Armour shirt. You're like, what? <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of Jack, I mean Tyler O'Neill, right? Tyler O'Neill, sure. I feel like oh, that's a good one. Be, yeah, he, he has to be like the face of, of bringing protein shakes. He looks like he he could stop playing baseball today and then go and do like a some kind of uh, like he was a weightlifter like full time like personal trainer, whatever it would be. But uh, did you guys have any, like, I'm trying to think if there was another guy that's like Tyler O'Neill type of like size and big, but I, I couldn't think of another one at the top of my head. Is there another? Not currently. I mean, the obvious guy would be um, Gabe Kapler, you know, going back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just n- notably uh, uh, a workout fiend, but uh yeah, couldn't really think of anybody in that in that vein. I think Tyler O'Neill's an excellent call. Oh, what about Dan oh, Ugla? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Dan Ugla for sure. I wonder what he's doing these days. Um, okay. Well, let's get to the last segment of the night. And of course, that is go- or if I say the night, it's the afternoon. The last segment of the night is going yeah, to bro, be tripping. <laughs> our game of the week. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. All right, our game of the week, and I'm hosting it this week, and we are playing the MLB player spelling bee. All right, so this is how it's going to work. I've got three names for each of you guys. It's by easiest, medium, hardest. The first question is worth one point. Second one is worth two points. Third one is worth three points. Whoever has the most after three rounds wins. All right. All right. Good? Congrats, Al. You're going to win this game. I was like, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I'm the king of uh, copy and paste, but let's let's give it a try. All right. So number one, Al, this is your for your first one. You don't have to give me how to spell their first name, just their last name. All right. AJ Przinsky. Oh, P-I-E-R... Z Y N S K I. Can you say it one more time? You cut out in the beginning. P I E R Z Y N S K I. Alf, did he get it correct? He did. Where is my, where is my uh, where's my button? <laughs> well, you did get it correct. I All right. To, I'll now you're going to give me a tough one. I know how this works, David. Okay. 
There's the button. So Al, one point on the board. Doc, your first word is Ioannis Cespedes. Oh. C-E-S-P-E-D-E-S. Cespedes. <laughs> I like how you repeated it after you were done. <laughs> Correct. I, I realized Al's was a little harder, but Al's a little smarter, so I had to give you guys and You know what? I actually knew AJ Przinsky. Did you? All right. A lot of sporkle quizzes. Al, your second word, second player, Tuki Toussaint. T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. Toussaint. <laughs> now, we're, now we're catching on with the essay. Yes. Correct. All right. Al has got three. Doc, your second one is Jeff Samarja. S-A-M-A-R-D-Z-I-J-A. Samarja. Oh, wow. Nice job. You guys are both two for two, both at three points. It's going to come down to the third one right here. Al, your word, your player, Mike Yastrzemski. Oh, I know this. (laughs) <laughs> got, yeah, this is one I have to copy and paste. All right, Yastrzemski. Y-A-S-T-R-Z-E-M-S-K-I. Yastrzemski. Correct. Oh, gosh. Ah. All right. I'm going to lose this. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm going to lose this rushing. now. Doc, the pressure's on. I'm losing. I'm telling you. This one's a really hard one. I'm not going to lie to you. Your word, your player. Kirk Neuenheis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the famous, uh, was it that three homer game he had with the Mets or yes. something? Oh my gosh. All right. If I get this one, I'm taking a shot of alcohol right now in front of you guys. <laughs> Go ahead. N I E W E N H E U I S. Neuenheis. For the tie. <laughs> Ah. Incorrect. Al, do you think you know how to spell it? I think so. Uh, N-I-E-U-W-E-N-H-U-I-S, Neuenheis. Wow. Yeah. All right, well, Al is clean. You just cleaned up. <laughs> I told you you were going to win, Al. <laughs> You're just a U away. <laughs> you were I'll close. A U. See, you hear that, Captain Morgan? I was one U away. Yeah, so, so, Al, I... I think you hustled him a little bit because you acted like you weren't going to be good at this. You season. did hustle me. All the hard work. I wasn't sure. I had a feeling I was going to get Yastrzemski, and I wasn't sure I was going to get it right because it's like 50% at best for me on Yastrzemski. You, you told me when you copy and paste, I was like, I don't even do that. At least you know what these last names look like. <laughs> <laughs> that that might give me an advantage, I guess. Oh, man. Well. Al, you Bro, are winning me, man. You are with a with a perfect score. You are our winner with all six points, and then even the bonus three because you you uh, got Doc's word correct. Yeah, oh, stop say, rubbing uh, it in. I <laughs> earned a, uh, a a swig of coconut water here. There we go. Well, on that note, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show this afternoon. Uh, again, being able to have you back on, being able to not have any technical problems, and uh, talk with you again is just was an absolute blast for us ah well this is super fun uh super fun so thank you both for having me on uh anytime uh love to come back well we definitely will take you up on that in the future you're uh, a great person a great guest a great analyst can you let the people if they live under a rock and don't know who you are 
uh, for some reason. Can you let them know where they can find you on Twitter and all the great stuff that you're doing right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Al Melchior, B-B-A-L-M-E-L-C-H-I-O-R-B-B, B-B is for baseball, uh, at Twitter. Uh, for the music stuff, uh, my uh, You, Me, and an Album podcast, I've got an account for that, at You, Me, Album. And I've also just recently started uh, an Instagram account with the same name, at You, Me, Album. So that's that's all the socials right there. I love it. And again, uh, well, now it looks like it's going to rain. So maybe I'll go on a treadmill inside my apartment and I'm going to be listening to that podcast right after the show. Make sure you check that out and check out all the great stuff that Al does. Of course, he's a great guy, great fantasy mind. Next week, we're going to have more fun. I have not gotten our guest next for, or for next week, but it's going to be somebody. I don't know if they'll be as good as Al, but I promise it'll be somebody fun. But until then, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys.